On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we preview the Kansas game against Baylor. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. To another edition of Locked on Jayhawks, I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. On today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we preview the Kansas-Baylor game. We get to our matchups of the week. And on top of that, we're going to get to our bet online segment of the week, looking at the line for the KU-Baylor game and some of the stuff in the Big 12 as well. So let's kick things off here just kind of taking a look at what KU has in store for Baylor. But for, before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On. That's all one word, Locked On, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. The Bears come into this one 3-3. Three and three. They just lose on the road against West Virginia last Thursday, so they had a few extra days to get ready for this game. And, you know, if you just make the comparison game, which the transitive property never really fully works, but they lost in Morgantown against West Virginia. KU won in Morgantown against West Virginia. Now, both were close games, and honestly, both were pretty similar games. If you think about it, both played into the 40s. Uh, Baylor just lost the coin flip. KU just kind of won the coin flip, if you look at it as far as just being a coin flip game. And that's kind of the case here uh, when you get to a lot of these Big 12 games that they just are close games, and it's whoever wins these close games, whoever comes out on top in a majority of the others is going to come away with the best record in the Big 12. Like That's kind of how Baylor won the title last year. But this is a 3-3 three and three team that has suffered some of those close losses so far this season, not one that is devoid of talent or devoid of being able to go on a run here and still finish 8-4, and 9-3 and three or something like that. This team that still was picked before the season to be one of the best teams in the Big 12, and they still have plenty of talent. They still have really good coaching, um, and they still have some really good features about their team. Offensively, they're averaging over 38 points per game. That is top 25 in the country, and out of comparison, Kansas averaging about 40 points per game. So pretty similar there between what the two offenses are doing. There would be more similarities if Blake Shapin ends up being out for this game because then both teams would be on a backup quarterback. Based on Lance Leipold's comments during the week, based on some reports of Blake Shapin returning to practice, it sounds as if Blake Shapin is going to play in this game. But then the comparisons get drawn between Shapin and Bean. And if you look at like total QBR, Blake Shapin has a 68.2. Jason Bean is like at a 70. So those guys are pretty similar. These are actually the top two quarterbacks in pass efficiency in Big 12 only games so far this season. So you have some similarities between the two of them, but the way that they go about it is uh, certainly very different. Now, in the off chance that Blake Shapin can't go in this game, they've got a talented young backup in Kyron Drones who we saw against West Virginia. He went just 7 of 14 in the game, struggled a little bit, touched down an interception, but he is very talented uh, that it wouldn't shock you if he were to play and, and have necessarily a big game. Baylor has a good ground game. They're led by Richard Reese. Overall, they uh, you know run a, a kind of a good amount of wide zone, something we heard a lot about with Kansas trying to instill last year. They 
still do it, but maybe a little less so than some of the option game and stuff that Kansas is doing now. Baylor, though, likes to be a balanced offense, and, and they take pride in kind of both that. They average about 4.7 yards per carry. That's well behind what TCU is averaging, and KU was able to kind of hold them at bay at running the ball. Oklahoma averages uh, about a half a yard more per carry, a little less than that, than what Baylor does so far this season. Oklahoma has a lot of talent, though, and kind of came about in the Kansas game, but Kansas clearly struggled giving up around 300 yards on the ground in that game to the Sooners. So that's something that you're kind of keeping an eye for in this Baylor game, and we'll get to that as part of some of the matchups. But there's no real reason, because this isn't you know a better running team than what Oklahoma or TCU have, that Kansas should just get smoked on the ground. Again, you hope that the OU game is not the case. And maybe the OU game, and in, in, in fact, like a big part of it is you're giving up everything in the air. You're giving up whatever they want, deep balls, short passes. That you're having to put extra DBs in there, and it kind of leads to lighter boxes. Defensive line struggled. Lonnie Phelps was hurt. That you struggled against the run, there are easily reasons why, and, and maybe some of those reasons you won't have to worry about as much in the Baylor game. As far as the rest of the offense, one of the things Baylor can do well passing the ball, they can really hit big plays. Their top two receivers on the season both have over 300 yards, so it's not as if they're on pace to be you know, thousand yard receivers and have this dynamic duo in the country. But one thing they both do really well is get those deep ball plays. They have speedy receivers on the outside who can make those plays downfield. Both of their top two receivers, that would be Gavin Holmes and Monterey Baldwin. They're number one and they're number two in yards per catch in the Big 12. So that kind of scares you a little bit about this game. And we saw that scare the KU defense against Oklahoma last week. It led to them giving a lot of cushion on the shorter and intermediate routes, which allowed Oklahoma to kind of get into a rhythm and kind of eviscerate the KU defense. And then by the time KU adjusted defensively, OU was ready for the adjustment and they just kind of won the chess match there. We'll see how KU goes about that. If they just say, hey, we're going to leave corners on an island. And if they give up a big play, that's fine. We just don't want to give up a bunch of, you know, the death by 100 paper cuts or 1,000 paper cuts or whatever the actual phrase is there. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what uh, Brian Borland does for the KU defense kind of schematically in this game. On the other side of the ball, Baylor is giving up 24 points per game. That's 54th in the country. That is fourth in the Big 12. They've been good against the run. They're allowing under 117 rushing yards per game. And the one thing that they haven't really had, and it makes sense with uh, their big nose guard in the middle. I think Siaki Ika is, is the way to pronounce it. I, I'm probably wrong on that, but that dude's a stud inside. He kind of is the front to begin all their great run defense, plugs up holes, takes up multiple blockers. That helps them be good. So, I mean, if you're looking for an individual matchup, Mike Nowitzki or Michael Ford or whoever is on the interior, Dominic Pooney, uh, Armage Reed Adams, they're going to have their hands full up the middle with the Baylor defense. And if they can have a, a good game and kind of prevent him from causing chaos, then that probably leads to good interior running for KU. But a lot of teams haven't been able to do that against Baylor. They don't really have a dominant pass rusher, though. Baylor has just 10 sacks this season. That is uh, last in the Big 12 in total sacks. Now, if you go by sacks per game, they wouldn't be last, but they're still in the bottom couple in the Big 12. And nobody on the team has more than one and a half sacks so far this season. So they don't really have that go-to guy. They haven't gotten a ton of pressure so far this season. Dave Aranda is a really good defensive coach. Wouldn't shock you if he dials up some good blitzes that do cause issues for the KU defense. And you expect a good game plan there. 
But overall, the KU passing pass blocking has been fantastic. They've had all sorts of time to throw for Jason Bean, and it hasn't really been an issue for them. So I expect that to kind of continue in this game. One quick note before we get to our matchups of the week here is keep an eye on the special teams game in this one. KU struggled with kicking. Baylor has struggled with kicking. Baylor's missed three PATs, two of them from the kicker who has tempted the most for them. Uh, and he's four for four on the season with field goals. They've missed one other field goal on another try, long of 44, but they haven't taken a lot, which tells you that they don't totally trust the kicker. They're going forward a lot on fourth downs. And some of that just is aggressiveness. Um, some of that is just they've been pretty good at punching in a lot of their red zone drives for touchdowns. I think 17 touchdowns in their 24 tries. So maybe not as many kickers, but another part of it could just be, they just don't trust the kicker. It could be a combination of all of those things. Keep that in mind in a close game, but it's not just that it's the punt return kick return game. KU has given up some big returns to Baylor over the last couple of years. And it's been a pretty apparent difference in the special teams units between those two teams in the past couple of matchups. KU this year on ESPN's College Football Power Index is 20th in the country in special teams efficiency. Baylor is 127th. So there's a possible way that KU could definitely make up some ground in a game against Baylor, uh, which, you know, if you maybe are struggling running the football or struggling to stop the pass, if you can hit a big home run play in special teams and hold them on that end, maybe that can shift the game, especially if it's going to be a very close game. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. It's the easiest place to spice up the college football season. It is so easy to play, and it's available in over 30 states. You can do drafts, or you can just pick between two and five players across any team and decide if they will finish higher or lower to different props like passing yards or receiving touchdowns. It's one of the easiest fantasy-to-play games out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game, or you can select multiple games if you want. You can make some selections for the KU football game or even the Kansas City Chiefs if you want to get on either of those. And again, you can kind of mix and match between the two. If I'm picking one, I want to go to the uh, Chiefs game for this weekend. Travis Kelsey, over 76 and a half receiving yards. Extra motivation because the, the whole tight end debate, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, big game for Travis Kelsey. Patrick Holmes under 290 and a half receiving yards. They, I think, only ran the ball 14 times on like design runs, not Patrick Mahomes scrambles. Last week, I think they're going to want to run the football more. 49ers have a really good defense. That could limit Mahomes a little bit. And Juju Smith-Schuster, under 49.5 receiving yards. Kind of same thing with the defense part of it. Also, though, he's been under that mark in three of five games, so slightly above 50%. You can sign up with promo code Locked On. All one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100. Get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store, depending on what phone you got. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Okay, so we have our matchups of the week this week here for the KU Baylor game. It's at 11 o'clock, pregame at 930. You can hear it on KLWN in Lawrence and a reminder how we do this we go through our four different big matchups first down second down third down fourth down I mentioned an individual player matchup that I like with Nowitzki or the interior KU offensive line against the interior of that Baylor defensive line but first down here is going to be the KU rush offense versus the Baylor rush defense KU is averaging just under six yards per carry 
this season. They're over 200 rushing yards per game on the ground, and that is down to 4.8 yards per carry in conference play. You would expect those numbers to come down when you're playing against tougher conference opponents anyway, but that's still top four in the Big 12. Baylor, meanwhile, has given up just 3.4 yards per carry, and they're third in the league in rushing yards allowed uh, per carry with that number and also rushing yards allowed per game. And that is a number that has gone up a little bit in Big 12 play. It's up slightly over four yards per carry against Big 12 foes. So they haven't been maybe as stout against it so far in Big 12 action. But that's going to be a big determining factor for KU. You can't set up in these third and longs against a really good coordinator or defensive coach with Dave Aranda and allow him to create pressures to which Baylor, again, has struggled with their pass rush this season. But if you're in third and eight, third and nine, they can dial up more blitzes and kind of manufacture rush in a lot of different ways. And for Kansas, with Jason Bean, your backup quarterback, you know, you don't trust him as much passing uh, compared to Jalen Daniels. Still has eight touchdowns in six quarters of play. So it's not like you've been completely missing there, but you have some of the interception worries and, and maybe some of the short accuracy or decision-making questions you have. The best way to avoid some of that getting third and shorts or just run the ball at will against Baylor and, and protect your defense a little bit as well. Keep the ball offensively, have long sustaining drives. So that's first down for me, the KU rush offense versus the Baylor rush defense. Second down is the KU pass rush against the Baylor offensive line. Baylor's offensive line has been really good this year on pro football focus. Uh, you look at them being top 20 in both pass blocking and rush or run blocking so far this season. And, we talked about this earlier on another episode this week of Locked on Jayhawks. Check it out if you missed it. Um, talking about KU's improvement in terms of creating chaos, sacks, tackles for loss, all those sorts of things that can really prevent opposing drives and lead to some big plays on your end of the field. Baylor's surrendering two sacks a game, which ranks in the bottom half of the league despite some of their good ratings and numbers on pro football focus. And KU's pass rush is second in the Big 12 in sacks so far this season with 17 of them. But you had a down week against Oklahoma. It kind of disappeared. You had three tackles for loss, one sack. I, I'm a little afraid to do this because I did this last week against Oklahoma. Baylor's lowest graded offensive lineman is their left tackle. Lonnie Phelps, go feast. Now, I said that last week you weren't able to, but that was because of Lonnie Phelps' health. He only played 15 snaps. Sounds like he's good to go and play a more expanded role this week. So go eat, go have a big performance, dominate in this performance and cause Baylor all sorts of issues. And we've seen it this season. KU's had some other down games like the West Virginia game with pass rush. They've bounced back well. So I expect them to do the same this week against Baylor. And you add to it, the KU secondary has struggled and Baylor's been a really good passing offense. Like most of the stat categories, yards per attempt or pass efficiency, whatever it is, pass completion rate. Blake Shapin and the Baylor offense have been in the top like two, three, four in the conference and a lot of those passing stats. KU secondary has struggled. You're probably going to be without Kobe Bryant. You need the pass rush to come through to create that pressure and, and really kind of help out that back end that otherwise could struggle in this game. Our third down matchup is KU on money downs, third downs, fourth downs. KU is first on offense in converting third downs in the Big 12 so far this year. They have to keep that up against Baylor. But to do that, kind of go back to being able to run the football and, and set yourself up in third and mediums, third and shorts. KU, though, on defense is also last in the Big 12 on third down conversion rate. Baylor's kind of in the middle of the pack on both ends of the spectrum with offense and defense. Um, 
KU needs to get off the field better on those money downs. And it's not just the third downs. A lot of teams have converted at a high rate against KU on fourth downs. And Baylor's been very aggressive on fourth downs. Baylor has gone for it more than anyone in the league outside of Texas Tech on fourth downs. Kansas, meanwhile, is ninth in the Big 12 in fourth down percentage allowed on the defensive side of the ball. So they've struggled to come through with that key play in the end. They've they've had a couple of them, like the Eddie Wilson fourth down stop against Duke certainly comes to mind on that running play. But teams are converting nearly 70% of the fourth downs against Kansas this year, in addition to them being last in third down percentage. Can you make those key plays on third and fourth down? That'll be the key for KU. It's obviously not all on that. Can you if they're in third and one and fourth and one, they're going to convert a better majority of it. So can you make it third and four? Can you make it third and five? Can you make it fourth and three so that maybe they just don't have the option to do it? Or if they do, it's a little less favorable for them. But making those key plays on big downs in a game that you think might be close, let's see how they do. Fourth down, KU's run defense versus the Baylor run offense. This is kind of the flip of our first down one. And, you know, Baylor's a team that wants to run the ball and be balanced. Um, KU's given up 140 rushing yards per game under four per carry, which is honestly amazing that it's still at that, I guess, low of a mark that the rushing yards per game isn't a super low mark, but under four yards per carry, even after the Oklahoma game, when they ran all over you and had nearly 300 yards rushing. So what is the true KU rush defense? We're going to find out a little bit here against Baylor. I think if you hold them under four yards per carry, you like your chances in this game in games that Baylor has averaged under four yards per carry. They're scoring 25 points per game. That puts you in the ballpark. KU's team over under, I think, is 24 and a half or 23 and a half in this game. So if you hold them to under four per carry and they're at their average of around 25 points per game, now we got a coin flip game. But in games that Baylor has averaged over four yards per carry, they're scoring 50, 5 0 points per game. And it's a three and three split of games that they have done that and they haven't done it. So it's not like, uh, you know, incongruent sample size where they've only done it once of, of one of the things and, and no times of the other three to three the other uh two between them so that's going to be a uh, big stat in this game and I, I think this is very possible too like in big 12 only games baylor is averaging 3.8 yards per rush they've kind of struggled establishing that they did average nearly five against west virginia with a good front four that west virginia has but that is the challenge for ku on that side of the ball and one that honestly, I think is is very doable for this team. In just a moment, we're going to get on to our bet online segment of the week right here with Locked on Jayhawks. So bet online has KU to win the Big 12 at 66 to one. I think that ship has kind of sailed in the idea to do that. Um, if you're looking at teams below KU, Oklahoma's 250 to one along with West Virginia and Texas Tech, Iowa State's at 500-1. If you're looking for a bet at the top, Baylor's 50-1. to If you think they could go on a roll here, I don't know, maybe throw a few bucks at it. Texas is at plus 150. TCU is at plus 205. And then you have Oklahoma State at plus 325. Kansas State at plus 450. And um, I think if I was going with one of those, I, I kind of like the idea of taking TCU to make the college football playoff at seven to one, as opposed to just winning the big 12 at plus two Oh five, because those two things could end up being hand in hand. Maybe not because the sec could get two or maybe even three teams in there. Big 10 could even get two teams in there with Ohio state, Michigan, Clemson still there. So, you know, maybe even one loss does TCU in and, and they could win the big 12 or, or whatnot. Oklahoma state though, don't count them out. They still get to play Texas. 
I, I think that one is in Stillwater. Kansas State still hasn't lost, but I don't know. I, I still think Kansas State along this whole way, whether it was before they lost to Tulane, after they lost to Tulane, where they are now, where they're kind of rolling again, they to me seem like an eight and four team, maybe a nine and three team, but I don't, I don't know about winning the Big 12. Um, the spread for the KU game this weekend is up to nine and a half. It opened around there, dropped to about seven, seven and a half. Now it's back up to nine and a half. This is kind of similar to what happened in the Oklahoma game. Honestly, right now, I think I'd be choosing on the Baylor side of things just because the series has been so lopsided to Baylor. KU still with a backup quarterback who struggled against Baylor last year. Dave Aranda, a really good coordinator. I think KU could absolutely win this game. They're plus 280 on the money line. So honestly, this feels like a game to me where Baylor either wins by covering the spread or if KU does keep it close, they find a way to win a coin flip game. Maybe if I was taking KU, I'd be taking them with the money line as opposed to the spread. The over-under is 58. That dropped from the low 60s from where it was before uh, kind of we get to the end of the week here. I don't know what I'd be doing with that because I could see this being a game that really challenges the Kansas offense uh, more than any other game outside of the Iowa State game. So if Kansas only puts up 21, 24 points in a game like this, I guess it just depends how much you think Baylor's going to score on the KU defense. So I'd kind of be avoiding that. Um, I think I'm going to avoid the spread. Like I said, I would probably lean Baylor there, but I wouldn't mind sprinkling on the KU money line to pull the upset on the road in Waco. Coming up on Monday's show, we are going to break down whatever happens in the game between Kansas and Baylor on Saturday. If you have anything you'd like for the show to talk about or want to follow along on the action, you can reach out at D Johnson Radio on Twitter. And uh, don't forget, now we're on YouTube as well. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And you can also find us anywhere that you find all your podcasts with iTunes, Google Play, whatever uh, you find your podcast. That'll do it for today's episode of Locked on Jayhawks. Have a good rest of your day. I'll see some of you on Rock Chalk Sports Talk later today from 3 to 6 on KLWN and Lawrence. Later.